Good evening. Good evening. I want to thank Pastor Matt for and Brother Ethan as well for the opportunity to open the Word of God for you guys on this very random January evening. Um, <laughs> you know, as I was studying for, for this uh, message, uh, I was looking at a specific uh, message. It's called uh, Sinners in the Hands of an Angry God. So <laughs> let me know if I'm pretty close. <laughs> Matthew chapter 5, verse 13 today. Matthew chapter 5, verse 13. Matthew chapter 5, verse 13. Ye are the salt of the earth, but if the salt have lost his savor, wherewith shall it be salted? It is thenceforth good for nothing, but to be cast out and to be trodden under foot of men. Ye are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hid. Neither do men light a candle and put it under a bushel, but on a candlestick. And it giveth light unto all that are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you for this opportunity uh, you have given, Lord, to be in your house, Father. I pray may be with me as I, as I speak your word, Lord. I pray that the Holy Spirit uh, may fill me, Lord, give me the words to speak, Lord. And I pray that all who are listening, Lord, may listen uh, with open ears and an open heart, Lord. I pray this time may be profitable. In your name I pray. Amen. So as Pastor Matt was saying, right now I am on my winter break, and I'm going to graduate in about a year and a half. And I was just taking a lot of the time this break to really look at different jobs and really different careers and stuff like that and really just praying about, you know, what the Lord would have me to do after I graduate. And, you know, I found myself on a lot of different job websites and, you know, looking at what jobs are available, who's hiring and, you know, other specific job information. But one thing I noticed is when you look at a job offer or a job posting, you always end up seeing a list of responsibilities, right? When a company hires you, they expect certain things from you. They expect certain tasks to be completed in a certain manner and in a certain time frame. Though sometimes we wish it was the case, a company does not pay you money to sit around, do nothing, and waste company time. Amen? So in that same way, when we asked our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, to save us, and when he did save us, you know, he expects some things out of us, right? Christ died on Calvary's cross to pay for the sins of all who believe, but not for all who believe to keep living the same life as before. The Son of God did not suffer shame, reproach, and hatred for us to waste the time that he has given us here on earth. And I know though many of us have a day job and a career, our primary job is always to serve the Lord. And sometimes I'm a victim of this too, but sometimes we forget that we are servants at the end of the day. And, you know, we may forget the responsibilities that the Lord has outlined for us in the Bible. But can you imagine if we forgot or ignore the responsibilities of our job? It wouldn't take us long for us to get fired, get sent packing, for them to tell us to clean our office. And, you know, I don't say that to say that we must produce good works or anything like that to remain saved. But though we do not lose our salvation by not doing or doing certain things, it's important that we fulfill those expectations that have been set for us. So if you were to give my, uh, my message a title tonight, it would be the responsibilities of a Christian. And... A lot of the things I'm going to talk about and a lot of the verses I'm going to read off of are, you know, things that we have heard frequently. You know, it's nothing new, but I think it's important to look back on these topics as to not forget them. You know, we don't read the Bible once and just be done with it. We look back on it to, to refresh our memory and get something new out of it every time. So as we read in Matthew chapter uh, 5, verse 14, our first responsibility is to be a light. You know, this is, is a topic that Ethan 
really talks about in great detail with uh, the junior church, the teens, and the youth group. But I was, as I was reading Matthew chapter 5 this week, I thought, man, this is good, right? This doesn't apply to just the young people, but to all believers. We all ought to be alike. There are no age restrictions on this instruction here. So what does it mean to be a light? First, I think it's important that we remember that we on our own are of no light. Because of our flesh and our sin nature, there is no light found in us alone. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 8, you don't have to turn there, but it says, For ye were sometimes darkness, but now are ye light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. The Gospel of John, chapter 8, verse 12, says, Then spake Jesus again unto them, saying, I am the light of the world. He that follows me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. So not only did in our past life did we walk in darkness, but the Bible here says that we were darkness. But then we received the Lord Jesus Christ as our Savior, and then we received the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. And then, and only then, did we know light. So when Jesus says in Matthew chapter 5, verse 14, that we are the light of the world, it means that his light must shine through us. It means that those around us must be able to see Jesus through us. I remember, I think it was three years ago, uh, we were at Omni Night, and the preacher was talking about sort of the different uniforms, I guess you could say, about different religions, right? Jewish people have their, their yarmulke, Muslim men have their traditional clothing, Muslim women have their hijab, Jewish, uh, not Jewish, Buddhist monks have their orange robes. And, you know, us Christians don't really have a specific thing that identifies us, right? For the most part, when we go out into the world, when we go to work, when we go to our classes, to our school, we look just like everybody else, right? And though we don't have a physical item or a distinct appearance, we have something much, much greater than that. What we do have is the light of Christ. Our life for Christ should shine so bright that people ought to be able to tell that we serve him. Right? When people talk to you, when people look at you, when people interact with you, there should be no question about who your master is. Right? When you look at a Jewish person, before he even opens his mouth, you know who his master is. Right? But why do sometimes we leave others with the impression that we are just another lost soul, even though we have experienced the salvation of Christ? I think it's important we also note that being saved does not equal being a light, right? Just because you are saved does not necessarily mean that you are being a light. Ephesians 5, chapter, Ephesians 5 verse 8 again says, Walk as children of light. And though we are now light in the Lord after being, after being saved, we still must walk as children of light. We constantly have to make that decision to walk in the light and be in the light. So now we know what it means to be a light, right? But why should we be a light? If we look at Matthew chapter 5, verse 16 here, a couple of verses down, it says, Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. Right? Our responsibility to be a light is to glorify the Lord. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 31, once again, you don't have to turn there, but it says, Whether therefore you eat or drink, whatsoever you do, do all to the glory of God. Colossians chapter 3, verse 23 says, And whatsoever you do, do it heartily as to the Lord, and not unto men. So the reason we do good works, and, and the reason we do anything, for that matter, should always point back to God. Amen. And that should be reason enough, right? We should not need extra incentives to serve the Lord. 
right? I get, I get tired of, of the prosperity gospel preachers saying that, you know, if you serve God, God will bless you with, with material things, with a lot of money, with a big house, with a wife, with a husband, right? We serve the Lord to serve the Lord to further his kingdom and not for extra blessings and certainly not for the approval of man, right? I'm sure anyone who, who has preached here on this, in this church in the past can agree with this, but, you know, it's always... It's every time I step off this pulpit, it's always a massive encouragement for, for someone to say that was a great message or a good job. Right? But that's not why any of us get on this pulpit. That's not why anyone should be serving the Lord. We preach, we teach, we serve, we do good works to glorify our Father. Amen. Luke chapter 9, verses 1 through 2 say, Then he called his twelve disciples together and gave them power and authority over all devils and to cure diseases. And he sent them to preach the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. Here in this verse, we see that Christ gave his disciples power to perform certain miracles. But the reason that Christ and his disciples performed these miracles was, just, was not just so they can be nice people. Right? We see a lot of, nowadays a lot of celebrities doing good deeds and helping out the homeless, giving people food. But they always end up recording it. Right? They always have someone with a camera behind them. They always post it on their social media. And at the end of the day, they just want to be perceived as a good person. Right. right? But Christ performed these miracles, and he gave his disciples power to perform these miracles so that people may believe in the kingdom of God and believe in him. So when you go out into the real world, you be a light, and you be Christ-like, but not so someone tells you, wow, you're so Christ-like, but so that they may see Jesus in you and see the path out of darkness. So our first responsibility is to be a light. Our second responsibility is to share the gospel. Matthew chapter 28, verses 19, or verse 19. Matthew chapter 28, verse 19. Very familiar passage of verse. Verse 19 says, Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even until the end of the world. Amen. So first, Pastor Matt touched on this before I came up here, but notice how nowhere in these verses does it say anything about pastoring or preaching, right? Many people seem to think that they get a pass on sharing the gospel or witnessing solely because they are not called to be behind the pulpit. Everyone who has accepted Christ as their Savior is called to share the gospel in one way or another. And your ministry may look different than another person's ministry, but that does not change the fact that you have a ministry. Right. Second here, uh, the word teach used in verse 20 can also be used to mean uh, to disciple or to make a disciple of. So if we read, if we reread verse 19, or Verse, uh, yeah, verse 19. Go ye therefore and teach all nations. Or sorry, it would say, go ye therefore and make disciples of all nations. And if you Google the word disciple, the definition is a follower or student of a teacher. So we are being told here to go into every corner of the world, every country, and make every person a follower of Christ. You know, uh, when I first started coming to this church, uh, Ethan had begun to do a discipleship program with me. I don't know if you remember that, but um, I remember sometimes I might have been a little skeptical or hesitant to participate. But, you know, during that time, I learned a lot of the major fundamental truths 
about the Bible and about my faith in general. And as I was writing this, this message, you know, I look back at that time and, and I kind of realized the sacrifice that uh, Brother Ethan had to make to disciple me, right? He had just graduated college, I believe freshly engaged and working a job, and, and I'm sure he had a lot on his plate, right? But he still took the time out of his day to FaceTime me, to talk about the Bible, and to just go over the discipleship lesson we had that day. And, and because of that, I stand here today as a more educated Christian because of it. But Ethan had to make that sacrifice, right? He had to put that time aside to teach me. Right, brothers and sisters, that is what it takes to go and to teach, to go and make disciples of. It requires us to go out of our way and to make a sacrifice. We ought to be willing to make that sacrifice. So thirdly, a lot, a lot, of, the time, a lot of the time, some of us are hesitant to go and teach because we feel like we are not capable of doing so. So let's look at verse 20 again here. It says, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even until the end of the world. Amen. So there the Lord assures us that he will, guide, he will be there to guide us and to watch over us to the very end. And that is not an error. That's not a mistranslation. That's not a typo. God said it, so we know God means it. And I know a lot of the times some of us may feel like we lack certain personality traits, certain qualities or characteristics, right? For example, I absolutely despise speaking in public and speaking in front of crowds, right? And I personally don't think I'm very good at it. And, um, you know, uh, I think two semesters ago, almost last year, I took a speech class and I absolutely dreaded every single moment of it, having to go up in front of people and, and speak in front of it. I think I got a D on my first speech, and I just had to introduce myself. So, <laughs> But um, if you genuinely trust and lean upon the Lord, he will give you the grace and guide you in the areas that you need it. And if you go and share the gospel, the Lord will speak through you and give you the words to speak. Um, Matthew chapter 10, verse 20 says, For it is not ye that speak, but the spirit of your Father which speaketh in you. And in that passage of verse, Matthew chapter 10, Christ is instructing his disciples to go and preach the gospel uh, in the land. He tells them, don't worry about what to say, because it is the Holy Spirit that does the talking, not us. And sometimes we forget that the Lord uses the least of men to do the greatest things. But the first step is to allow yourself to be used. God cannot use someone to share the gospel if they do not want to be used to share the gospel. So our first responsibility was to be a light. Our second responsibility is to share the gospel. And our third responsibility is to edify the saints. If you will, turn to Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11. And he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and some teachers for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. And I know a lot of the times we put so much effort and focus, and rightfully so, on, on outreach, right? On reaching the lost and, and witnessing. But I think it's important that we do not neglect our responsibility to those within our church, those sitting in here today, our brothers and sisters in Christ. And um, a couple of semesters ago, I took a Bible class, and the professor started giving a lesson on on the different gifts we all have. And I don't mean gifts in the sense of speaking in tongues or other stuff like that. I mean gifts in the sense 
that God has given every one of us a specific set of qualities or characteristics. And some of us are better teachers. Others of us are better leaders. Others are better organizers. And others are better administratively. And we could see that in our very, right here in our very own church. Right? We have different people that teach Sunday school. We have different people that put up the decorations here. We have people that organize, and we have other people who handle the, day, the church day-to-day operations. Right? God has given these gifts to us for a reason, and it is to build up the church and those within it. We ought to use those gifts that God has given us to do so, and everyone edifies one another differently. Those of you who are better teachers can help those of, those of you who are not the best teachers. Those of you who are better at interpreting the word of God can help those that may struggle interpreting the word of God. A very familiar verse, Proverbs chapter 27, verse 17, says, Iron sharpeneth iron, so a man sharpeneth the countenance of his friend. Right? The phrase, iron sharpeneth iron, there comes from the old practice of sharpening one tool with another tool. Likewise, God has given us, God has given every one of us certain tools. And we can use those tools to build up other believers that God may have given other tools to. All of this is done to build up one another so we may be better equipped to go out and be a light, share the gospel, and edify other believers that we may come across. So tonight I only went over three of the responsibilities we have as a Christian, but the Bible outlines so much more for us to do as believers. I don't know who is sitting here today and thinking, I haven't been fulfilling the responsibilities that God has laid out for me, right? And I myself have been a victim of this plenty of times, but today is always the best day. Today is always the best day to go to God, to get right with God, and to serve God. None of us know what's going to happen tomorrow, or the day after, or the day after that. But we should make sure we are spending the days that God has given us by carrying out the words in the Bible. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for this time uh, you have given, Lord, uh, to be in your house, Lord. I pray that this time may have been profitable, Lord. I pray that anyone uh, that may have not been... uh, carrying out your responsibilities, Lord. I pray that you may put it in their hearts, Lord. All of us, Lord. I pray that if anyone here today might, is not saved, Lord, I pray you may, may convict them, Lord, to go and do so, Father. I pray you may be with us as we go out, Lord, go out into the world. I pray you may help us in our walks with you, always looking to you, Lord. Thank you for this time. In your name I pray. Amen.